Welcome to the Chile Today podcast. I'm Bethany Francis. And I'm Alicia Lubin. We're two broads living abroad, broadcasting from Santiago, Chile. We explore Chilean news, cultural topics, travel, business, and more. The Chile Today podcast is the first ever bi-weekly English-speaking Chilean news podcast. To learn more about the news topics you'll hear today, check out chiletoday.cl and enjoy quick updates from around the country on Instagram at Chile Today News. If you enjoy the podcast, please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Also, if you're feeling generous, rate and review us so more folks can interact with our show. If you'd like to hear about a certain topic, have a story to share, or would like to ask a question, contact us directly through Instagram at Chile Today Podcast. It's so much better in person. It's so good. <laughs> oh my gosh. Hi. Yeah, hi. If you don't know, listeners, this is our first time getting to meet in like, what, how many episodes? Like 12 episodes. So many episodes. So many. Oh my gosh. I'm looking at you and your real face. Your real face. Pinch me. I'm dreaming. <laughs> I'm not going to pinch you. We're social distancing. But yeah, li- listeners, we're still being responsible. We're making sure we're, gonna, we're trying not to take public transportation. We're, we both live in a comuna that is out of quarantines. We're following all the rules. And Bethany brought two bottles of hand sanitizer. So oh my we gosh. are set. Yes, I brought two bottles. I already misplaced one of the bottles. But there are two. Um... Because the more bottles of hand sanitizer, the lower risk. Is that right? Is science? Science? Science. Science. <laughs> science. Yeah. So um, this has been our first week out of quarantine. Have you done anything special? I went for a bike ride and I almost started crying. Aww. I made it a few blocks and quickly realized how out of shape I was. And maybe the mask had something to do with it. I'm not sure. But the breathing was real heavy. Yeah. I There was one of my friends posted a, a meme and he's from the U.S. You know, the U.S. is having like a big problem with everything. You're wearing a mask and not wearing a mask. And somebody was like, bro, I see you. You were the person that bought one of those intensive training masks like six months ago. And now you're saying you can't breathe with the mask on, you know, liar. (laughs) (laughs) So I haven't done anything different, actually. This is my first outing ever. My first other humans that are not my boyfriend or my consanguinity or the guy from Rappy. Or the guy from Rappy the Rappy guy. Does he know you by name now? I don't know if it's the same guy that always comes because I try to like grab my shit and like run back upstairs because I'm refusing to like wear real clothes or a bra or anything. Sure. And so I'm like, don't look at my nipples. And like <laughs> running, running back upstairs. So I don't know if it's the same guy. Um, and they also have masks on, so it's a little harder to identify. Also that. Yeah, that's the thing. Um, so yeah, I'm, you know, I feel for you guys that are still in quarantine. Um, it's going to end or start again here for us in in Las Condes. I think that um, it's going to be interesting. We'll, we'll all be together soon. We'll all podcast together. We'll invite you all for a giant podcast that with still responsible social distancing. It's great. Yeah. Yeah, this is exciting. Yeah. Uh, so, news. So, uh, in this episode, in our news section, we are going to be talking about some sensitive issues that have been going on in the news lately. So, uh, trigger warning for for people who this might be disturbing to, um, which includes... Yeah, we're going to have discussions on... Um, sexual abuses. So we won't go into graphic details, but we will be talking, discussing the case and um, certain topical 
material. So if this is sensitive for you, you can go ahead and maybe just skip over the news section or you can check out our next episode and yeah. Yeah, but thank you for listening. Okay, so we have some really, really important news for you uh, today. Over the weekend, so of course when you hear this, I think it will still be over the weekend, there was um, some violence we talked about on the podcast before, how in the Araucanía region the Mapuche are, are protesting because of a very long history of violence against their community and taking their land. So in the town of Curecatín, in the southern um, part of the Araucanía region, there was an episode of history of uh, another episode of the history of violence in the region. An, ag- an angry mob attacked the city town hall, which was being occupied by Mapuche activists. There's footage on the internet showing um, showing that these this mob inciting uh, racially motivated attacks. So um, they were occupying the town hall to support um, some Mapuches who were in prison doing a hunger strike, um, which has the hunger strike's been going on for more than 75 days. And a group of armed residents descended on the town hall, entered the building and attacked occupants. Local police uh, were present, but uh, in the videos, it's seen that they stood by without trying to separate the groups. Um, Footage indicates even that the police were supporting the attackers. Uh, The nationwide curfew was not respected by the group. of, of the riding group and upon its arrival at about 9 p.m. tensions were of course already rising according to the people living close to the town hall. Um, for several days, organized groups on social media had been calling for attacks on the Mapuche activists in the town hall. According to residents from Curcautin, uh, most men present at the attacks were lumber workers and truck drivers. The chants sung by the crowds indicated that this was no attempt to re- this was no attempt to retake a town hall. It was an attack directed at the Mapuche. Amid the angry shouts of Indians out, the activists' vehicles parked outside the town hall were set on fire. An hour later, the police decided to open the barricade doors of the town hall, which allowed the angry mob to enter the building where some 20 um, Mapuche activists among women and children had gathered. Um, this is all, you can all watch this. There's videos on the internet. Um, the men entered the building were armed with sticks and bats, something that was called um, for, this was called for in a viral WhatsApp audio from a local union leader. One hour after the crowd attacked the Mapuche, the town halls of Ercia and Traigin also occupied the Mapuches were set on fire and they were left in ruins. While the police in Coracatina arrested the Mapuche activists, <laughs> not the mob. The participants in the attack were still able to harass the detainees. Video footage shows that police uh, offered the Mapuche little protection. While the indigenous activists were being taken away, some severely wounded, the crowd started jumping and seeing who doesn't jump is a Mapuche. Um, the town hall of Curacatin was completely destroyed during the raid. The attacks in Curacatin, Arcia, and Traigin and Victoria further highlight the ongoing tensions in the La Arcania region. Um, the occupation of town hall has begun last week in support of, had begun last week in support of the Mapuche prisoners that had been on a hunger strike, as I uh, mentioned before. At the same time, arson tax on lumber machinery and vehicles continue. Um, uh, this was compounded because uh, Victor Perez, the new uh, minister of interior, interior, was not easing tension. 
um, because he was the one who sent the police to the area. And so there's been a lot of protests against him and his reaction to the the rioters and the protesters, especially since the, it's just, it's so sad because these protesters, the Mapuche, were occupying a building peacefully. They were doing a sit-in, there were women and children, and um, very non-violent, you know, and of course the Mapuche are always uh, shown on television or on media as being this violent group of people, and yet we have these peaceful protesters completely attacked by this this rioting group, and it's super heartbreaking. Not even just attacked, but the police stood by. The police let them in and didn't do anything. Where's the protection? Like, they, who's there? Who's there to support them? Right, and you know, especially after the crisis, when so many people are saying like the police are not here to protect the people, the police are only making it worse and you know, like terrorizing the people, and this. You know, if you're trying to make the police force look better in the eyes of the populace, you're not doing it right. right. You're not protecting people. I mean, you're you're either standing by and just letting bad things happen or you're supporting the bad things that are happening. Like, I don't know. It's just super irresponsible. Um, and there have been protests across Chile um, to support the Mapuche um, who were arrested um, and because of course people saw this and they were, they were enraged. They were like, why did the police stand by? Why were these rioters, racist rioters allowed to incite such violence against peaceful protesters? Clearly racist. Clearly too, racist. Overtly. <laughs> Clearly anti-indigenous calling out the Mapuche people say like saying like anti Mapuche sentiment, like just crazy stuff. And Really sad, really heartbreaking that that happened over the weekend. And of course, speaking again of Perez, the new Minister of Interior, because Blue Mail's out, Perez is in. Alicia's gonna talk about that a little bit more. He's been highly criticized because of his reaction and also because he has ties to Colonia Dignidad, which, if you haven't listened to our cult episode, was a really big, destructive, molestation cult of children that this man was has ties to. Right. It, uh, just very frustrating. Yeah, on top of everything else, right? You on top know? of everything else. Yeah. Oh, anyway, heartbreaking. Truly heartbreaking. Well, thank you for, for letting us know. And, um, you know, you can always check out chilitoday.cl if you want to get some updates on what's happening in that region um, and also information about social changes, about political changes. Um, updates on the coronavirus. We have some numbers for you right now. As of this recording, uh, there have been 361,493 confirmed cases. Um, there's 1,761 new cases, and there's been a total of 9,707 deaths that have been counted. Um, some positive news, as Bethany mentioned earlier, certain communas are out of the quarantine um, Monday through Friday. And we still have the curfew. That's what that's called. <laughs> yeah. The curfew. You can't go out yeah. at night. No nope. parties for you. No. Nope. Uh, the curfew. Um, and then you can't go out on Saturdays and Sundays. So some positive news, though, that eight of the nine comunas that began the reopening phases have decreased their active cases. Nunoa is the only comuna that rose in numbers. 
So according to the epidemiological report, oh man, I knew I was going to struggle with that one, uh, showed, it showed how Colina, La Arena, Las Condes, Vitacura, Tiltil, Lobanechea, San Antonio, and San Felipe improved their condition after the measure. So we have some some positivity coming there. Right. We'll see in two weeks, you know, yeah. if, if that works. We'll see in two weeks if you gave me the virus or if I gave you the virus being here together and within this. We'll let y'all know. We'll update you. So Tito, Tito Fernandez, one of the most well-known Chilean folk singers of the post-dictatorship era and an influential member of the Nueva Cancion Chilena movement, is currently in pretrial detention in Santiago facing three charges for rape and sexual abuse. The crimes are said to have taken place between 2010 and 2016 when Fernandez was in charge of the Integral Center for Metaphysical Studies, CIEM, which is exactly what you think it is. Aliens. Um, his real name is Humberto Baiza, and he started CIEM as a spiritual center for an alleged encounter with a UFO in Antofagasta in 1974. It sounds super culty. Like, I'm not even surprised at this point. Like, it's super... Okay. It sounds like a new episode. Oh my gosh. Uh, I need to research this. So, ouch. Sorry. It definitely echoed that, guys. It was his role as a spiritual leader of the center where the alleged abuse took place. At the center, there was so-called Talus Lodge, of which Fernandez was the, quote, master. I didn't know any of this. This is wow. crazy. Former members described the lodge as a cult. One of the alleged victims said she was chosen to provide, quote, services of a sacred nature. Of course. As an initiation into the lodge. After her initiation, the 33-year-old was taken to a separate room where she says Fernandez um, raped her. The victim says she was um, sexually abused several more times after that. She claims that she was also physically threatened. Quote, once inside the room, the suspect took out a knife and held it to my throat, making me swear once again to loyalty, obedience, and silence. He also forced me to swear to have seven more sexual encounters with him in that place, threatening me at all times with punishment if I decided to disobey him or tell what happened. The woman stepped forward in 2018 with the accusation and was followed by at least two others to have claimed similar abuses by Fernandez. The charges are backed by several fo seven former members of the center. The public prosecutor in Santiago alleges that the 77-year-old folk singer abused the fact that the victims were emotionally vulnerable at the time, very cultly tree. When they sought help at the center, quote, they were trying to fill a spiritual void. It is in these circumstances that the accused took advantage of their vulnerability. Fernandez faces up to 10 years in prison if convicted of the sexual abuse. However, if there is sufficient evidence for the rape charges, he could face up to 15 years. The Chilean singer is currently held in Santiago after being transferred from Puerto Vares, and he denies all charges. Gross. Gross. Uh, we keep hearing the story, basically, like, song mm -hmm. and dance with the cult and i'm so sorry to all those women that's absolutely horrific it, and this yeah. guy deserves all the punishment yeah um i'm really glad these women came forward you know we're seeing a lot of things with you know antonio vara right now and her 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 suicide and what predenis did to her and to other women you know he's a he's you know an alleged and in my opinion a serial rapist and um i hope he gets put in jail for a very, very long time. Yeah, where he can't hurt anybody else. And I think, too, it's it, it takes time to process these kind of things, too. So Absolutely. These poor women, like, you, you shouldn't have just a certain amount of time before you come, come forward, you know. I, I don't know. don't know how I feel about that, but... Yeah. 
Uh, my heart goes out to these guys. I'm sorry. Yes, sorry you had to suffer, and thank you for stepping forward and your bravery and for mm -hmm. helping out future women. Yeah, I mean, it's shown in so many of these types of cases. It's shown that once one woman steps forward, more women come forward. Rape is, it's never an isolated event. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it's it's these people do, well, rape is not, I'm about to get on my soapbox right here, but rape is not about sex. It's about power. And so when you see men like this who are like these cult leaders, it's just a way for them to, you know, show their power over their victims and it's just super sad in some political news president pinera delivered his state of the union address on july 31st in the chilean congress in valparaiso during his speech he looked back on a turbulent 12 months and shed light on his administration's plan for the year to come social development economic protection and more security are high on the agenda Chilean Chileans are living through extraordinarily difficult times, President Pinera, President Sebastian Pinera said at the opening of his annual Cuenta Pública, the Chilean version of the State of the Union. Referring to the social protests, the devastating Coronas outbreak. Coronas outbreak? <laughs> Coronas. <laughs> Is Watch that a car? The Coronas. <laughs> the Coronas coming for you. Ooh, okay. Referring to the social protests, the devastating coronavirus outbreak, and the economic crisis on both national and global le levels, the president said that despite a difficult year, the difficulties are far from over for the country. The president gave special attention to the pandemic, the global recession, the social protests, the upcoming referendum, climate change, the country's drought, and social development for the poorer regions. He also announced an increased war on crime, specifically drug trafficking, and tougher stance on violence against women. He also said that the Child Protection Service would, Sename, uh, would be reformed. Uh, the Sename has been the news in recent years for abuses that were committed within the institution's premises. In his speech, Piñera promised to tackle bureaucracy throughout the country by reforming and modernizing the judicial system and the Carabineros, which is the national police force. And he said that Chile would look to shifting to greener energy to stimulate the agricultural sector he also said the country would start building 26 water dams and that would start in, and that they would start incorporating 5G technology, becoming a tech hub for Latin America, which Chile Chile is already at the forefront, I would say, of yeah, the tech totally. industry here in Latin America. Um, priorities? Yeah, priorities. Interesting. I think yeah, maybe we can save I'll, I'll save I'll save my opinions Yeah. For, I mean, like it's I just okay cool let's I suppose focus on I'm, I'm it's interesting to me that he wants to focus on judicial reform which is important I support that but all of let's focus on like you can't even get your cabinet to uh <laughs> not be shuffled around every like three months which I think is what you're gonna talk about next. yeah so for the fifth time since taking office uh president Sebastian Pineda has shuffled his cabinet um Less than two months after President Sebastian Pinera shuffled his cabinet for the fourth time in his second term, he was forced to do it again. This time, the cabinet shuffle is a direct response to the increasing tensions within the governing Chile Vamos coalition, coalition, tensions that were magnified when the administration failed to derail the pension bill that was ultimately approved in both chambers of Congress, partly thanks to votes from the members of Chile Vamos. Some of the reshuffles are surprising. Foreign Minister Teodoro Rivera from National Renewal, RN, Gets replaced by his fellow was replaced by his fellow party member Andres Alamand. Alamand 
clashed publicly with his party president, Mario Desbordes, in the last week, which is why this move could be explained as an attempt to bring him bring back calm within RN. The party, however, will need to find a new president because Mario Desbordes joins Alemán, the government, as a new defense minister. He replaces Alberto Espina. Carla Rubial, also from RN, became the face of the government as spokeswoman for the government during, social, during the social uprising. Although she received praise for her clear way of communicating from all political sectors during the different crises that hit Chile, she was replaced by Jamie Bellolio and Bello, Bello um, an outspoken representative for the Independent Democratic Union, UDI. However, Rubiar does not leave the government. She gets she um, gets a social development ministry, which might fill a relegation from her former position. Another minister that left is Claudio Alvarado, who served as military minister secretary general of the presidency. Alvarado, member of the UDI, had taken the position during the last cabinet, last cabinet shuffle in June and lost its position to Christian Mockenberg, um, also RN. For Mockenberg, it means that the third post is minister in the current administration. For, for Mockenberg, it means his third post as minister in the current administration. During the last cabinet shuffle, Mockenberg left his position as housing minister and became social, develop, de, social development minister. The most interesting shuffle, however, takes place at the Interior Ministry, where Gonzalo Blumel takes the place for Victor Perez. Yeah, we talked about Perez a little bit. Also, Blumel, which I'm not going to like defend Blumel at all because I don't agree with some of the decisions that he's made. But, you know, he was the only person in the government there from Ivopoli, which is still a little bit more, when I say a little bit more left, not very much left. It's still part of the Chile Vamos. But... Um, the only moderate, really, in the government at the time, and, and he was taken out. So it now seems very, it, it seems very much like, um, you know, Piñera is, is, is trying to, you know, reinforce his, his beliefs. Um, yeah, which I guess makes sense for what he wants, right? But <laughs> so um, we'll see how it goes. Uh, Perez already is in hot water, so we'll see if this, uh, this shuffle sticks. I doubt it, but we'll see. And we'll keep you updated on that. And for any immediate updates, uh, chiletoday.cl is giving those immediate updates every day. Um, they're writing articles where, that you can read there on chiletoday.cl. And their Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook page are giving um, breaking news every day in English. So in English. In English. Uh, they're much more articulate and knowledgeable than we are. We are just uh, two broads living abroad broadcasting, doing our thing. <laughs> <laughs> doing our thing. Uh, okay, so more saddening news. There was a uh, police officer charged with attempted murder on December 13th, 2019. A police officer shart. shart? <laughs> so, yeah. I'm so sorry. It's so disrespectful to the victim. I'm sorry. Okay. Shot a tear gas canister on a protest. Oh, I'm so sorry, my oh, child. No. <laughs> Don't take that out. Do not take that out. Okay. Uh, okay. <clears throat> I'm a Percy. This is why you should read your news on chiletoday.cl. Okay. Police officer shot a tear gas canister at a protester in Rancagua in the O'Higgins region. 
The officer, part of a special forces group, shot the projectile at the victim's head while the victim was already walking away, less than nine meters away. There is a video of this. Uh, the shot left the victim severely wounded with, among other injuries, a fractured skull and a cerebral hematoma that required several surgeries. Um, all the events were recorded on the security camera, and according to Prosecutor Nicolás Núñez of the Rancagua Court, the evidence can convince the court, quote, that we were facing a crime of attempted murder. The prosecutor asked for five years in prison, and the officer will receive his sentence next month. No, yes, today. Oh, today, Monday, August 3rd. As of the day the officer was charged with wrongdoing on March 5th, he had already been discharged from the Chilean police force. Um, the conviction is one of the first convictions of a police officer accused of committing crimes during the social protest. The officer's attorney expects the sentence will be more lenient than requested. His, uh, he cited mitigating factors, include, including, quote, collaboration in the investigation and the payment of compensation to the affected party. He added, quote, at the reading of the verdict, the court already established that my defendant will serve his sentence, whatever it may be, in probation. <clears throat> yeah, so I don't know. I'm, I'm sure, Alicia, you've seen these canisters. They are yes. giant. And they come out, like, in a ball of fire. They do. In fact, in the video, you can see the trail of fire following the canister. It just... It looks like a flamethrower. It does. It looks like a... I had to do a double take when I saw the... I saw a still of it first, and I thought this man was, was yeah, throwing... Was using a flamethrower <laughs> at this poor, innocent human, you know? It, it, I don't know. A flamethrower probably would do less damage, really, than a flaming projectile of metal full of noxious gas. That hit her hard enough to fracture her skull. Was it, an, was it a lady? Was it a lady? Oh. I don't know. You I said her. A, I thought it was a, her. I'm I sorry. I don't think so. Actually, my thing didn't have the victim's name. Well, I apologize to, to, to them. To, to them. There you go. To, to this victim. To the victim. To the victim, yes. Um... Yeah, crazy, crazy stuff. Crazy news. Crazy news, but also amazing that he was held accountable accountable for it. We'll see how, how much accountable, because they already said that he might have a really lenient um, end of the end of the result. Right. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. I, um, and it's weird that he's the first police officer to really be held accountable, period, from the... Considering the how many people were blinded. Blinded, um... And died. There died. Were a few that died. Yeah, and uh, so just generally arrested and raped and things. So yeah. Anyway, uh, let's go on to something a little lighter. We got an email from one of you guys, and. I'm going to read it. It's uh, We want emails from you guys of your experiences in Chile, of questions that you have, of things that you want to talk about, that you want us to talk about. We want to be your friends. I am already your friend. I just don't know you. Um, but we want to hear from you. So we got an email from um, an Ignacio who wants to tell us about some things that happened in Chile to Thanks, him. Ignacio. Thanks, Ignacio. <laughs> that's such a, that's not a good name. It's a very strong name. Ignacio. Ignacio. What's Ignacio in English? Ignatius? Ignatius. That is Ignatius. not a, that's not a strong name. Okay. Anyway, this person says, hello, Bethany and Alicia. I'm a longtime listener and a fan of your podcast, and I wanted to share the story of my first protest in Santiago. 
very relevant. I grew up and went to school in a bubble around Las Condes, so I was very disconnected from how things were in the rest of the city. During my last year in school, I had to go all the way to Los Héroes to take the TOEFL exam so I, could, so I could go study abroad. That day, I left school and began the journey downtown, oblivious to the student protests that were taking place. After a journey of an hour and a half, I got to Los Héroes. The second I got out of the subway car, my throat and my eyes began to itch. By the time I got to the entrance, my eyes were watery and I had trouble seeing. Somehow, I managed to get out of the station. Once in the street, I found myself in the middle of a protest. The whole street was covered in tear gas, while several teens were sharing lemons and helped their friends who had been more affected by the gas. With some difficulty, I managed to get to the testing site, only to be told that they had postponed the test and had been trying to contact my school, but no one had picked up. Thankfully, they allowed me to take the test right then. So there's my story. Hopefully, you'll share it. Regards, Ignacio. Ignacio, you're so dedicated. Dedicated person who wanted to study abroad to get their TOEFL. If I if if I got out of a train and I was like, there's a protest going on, people are getting lemoned, I would just go <laughs> I'd go home. You just yeah, just skip it. Yeah, I'd be like, I can do this another time. Ignacio, thank you so much for sharing that story with us. Like Bethany said, we want to hear all of your amazing tales. Um, happy, sad, funny, adventurous. Send them in. We want to yeah. hear from you. We want to tell your story on Absolutely. the podcast. Or if you have like a suggestion for like your favorite place to eat or your favorite park, tell us. We want tips. We do want tips. We want just the tips. Just the tips. <laughs> Week yeah, is... please cut that out. <laughs> no, keep it, keep it. The theme for this week is 10 things we wish we had known before we came to Chile. So we're going to do five each. We're going to do five each. And once we get to the list, if there's any that you feel like we could have added or any that maybe we could do for a second for, for part two of this episode, part two, part two. Uh, let us know. We want to hear from you. Absolutely. So you're starting, right? I think you are. Bank accounts. Oh, crap. Shit, whatever. Shark. Okay, shark. <laughs> okay. Okay, so the first thing I'm going to talk about is bank accounts. This has been uh, a thorn in my side since I moved here seven years ago. If you have never had a problem with your bank account, getting a bank account in Chile, God bless. You are one of the few. Um, so when you move to Chile, you are, unlike in the U.S. and a lot of other countries, you are not entitled to a bank account. You have to go through the visa process first before and be approved before you can get a bank account. You have to have an official route, not a temporary route, which I wish I had known. <laughs> before I came to Chile, maybe I would have made other preparations. So this is really frustrating. Um, and then once you get your route, you can only have a Banco Estado account until you get your Definitiva. And then even after that point, depending on how much money you make, like on paper in Chilean pesos, can you get an actual Chilean account, which that can sometimes depend on what company you work for. Um, personally had a really big problem with this because when I first moved here, I did not have a bank account for a long time. I was in my visa process for a long time, but I was working. Um, and so I would get these paychecks of like a million pesos and get them in cash and be like, the fuck do I do? So I had to like hide money throughout my apartment. So I like had some money under my mattress and like legit, like I felt like an old, like 
I don't know, like gold miner or whatever, like hides them under my, my desk and like some over here and in my, you know, my panties drawer. It was fabulous. Uh, the good old days. The good old days. The good old days before I had a bank account in Chile. It was p- pretty hilarious. And then when I started dating my boyfriend, um, I told him one time, I was like, okay, so if anything happens, you go in my underwear drawer and you get the money that's in there. And he's like, what is happening? He's like, why don't you have a bank account? And I was like, you can't, you can't get a bank account here. So I wish I had better prepared. And when I, when I lived here first time, they didn't have Venmo. They didn't have anything like that. They had PayPal, which is one of my tips for you. PayPal does work. You can get pesos through PayPal if that's something that your person is willing to pay you with through PayPal. However, you can't use PayPal for a lot of purchases, which is the big problem, right? So something that you can use, one big tip is there is an app called Match, M-A-C-H, and it's an application and it's owned by BSAE, which is one of the major banks in Chile. It's a legit app. You do need a route to activate it. But if you are, if you know anybody with a route that's willing to loan you their route, then it works because for example, my boyfriend can give me his route and I can make my own password. And even though it's his route, he does not have access to the actual application. And the application is like a bank. You can receive money to it. You can order a Visa card. You can get money out of ATMs. All of the things that you would be able to do and even more things that you can't do with Banco Estado. It does have a limit. I think you can't have more than 3 million pesos in it at a time. But I mean, just withdraw that. And if you've got 3 million pesos hanging out, like just buy something. I don't know. Go to Casillas. Go to Casillas. Order something from Casillas. Um, I don't know. So there is that if you're in a pinch. It's a really good option. Um, and also, if you are you don't know anybody that's willing to loan you their route, Match also has prepaid credit cards. So, for example, your friend could buy you put money on that credit card that you can use. You know, those are some workarounds that you can that you can kind of fiddle with. Uh, also, here's a pro tip: do not lose your Banco Estado card or do not lose your Visa card if you are in tramite, if you're in the process of your visa, because they will not give you another card if your uh, route is expired. So that happened to me. I left my Banco Estado card in the ATM the day that or the day before my route expired so i went to the bank and they're like we can't give you another card and i'm like but my money's in there what do i do and they're like get fucked so (laughs) that was the problem with me so i was really lucky because my boyfriend went and opened a banco style account in my name he doesn't use that bank so he can't access my money it's just the bank cards in his name i don't have any problems but those are some workarounds that you could do the prepaid credit card is a good tip um for those of you, ooh, blonk. So uh, I hope that helps. I wish that I had uh, more knowledge of that before I had come to Chile so I didn't have to like hide things in my underwear. Thanks for taking so many things for the team. Bethany. Yeah, no wow. problem. Process of, like, not process of, what's it called? Uh, trial and error. Trial, yeah. <laughs> trial and error. You're just like shoving money in the walls. Oh my God, yes I was. Amazing. Oh, man. Well, thank you. That's exceptionally helpful because I'm in the same boat, kind of, and I, Everybody. too, have cash stocked around here, so it's kind of oh like an God. Easter egg hunt. Yes! For it, guys. Let's go! Let's go! Let's look for it! <laughs> so, one thing that I wish that I would have had a better understanding of before moving to Chile was the language barrier. 
I grew up around a few folks that spoke Spanish and I could pick, I, I could understand things here and there. And I don't know what it was, but I was like, oh, moving to Chile, I'll just automatically pick up Spanish, you know? <laughs> um, no problem. If I'm there and if I keep my ears open and I try to use as much Spanish as possible, um, it'll be, it won't be a problem. And the minimal Spanish that I knew partnered with the fact that Chilean Spanish is a bit different than other Spanish, than the Spanish that I was used to. I was used to um, predominantly Mexican Spanish. Um, it felt like, you know, when you're a little kid and you have something up, like maybe toothpaste on the shelf and you have to like <laughs> grab the toothpaste. So you go around it and that was kind of my Spanish word. So you would put a chair by the counter to, to get the toothpaste or you'd stand on your tippy toes. And if you have to do that a couple times a week, no problem. But if you're doing that multiple times a day, you get really tired. And after a while, trying to pick up Spanish without actively practicing in appropriate manners, um, it became very tiring. It's exhausting. It it's, really is. Yeah. As an, as a language teacher, I, I try, to try to tell my students a lot, like, cause after classes, they're like, I'm so tired. It's tiring. You're, you're exercising like a new part of your brain to learn. And it is extremely tiring, especially with how fast that Chileans speak. You're, you don't feel like, and you're not picking up as much as you could be picking up maybe in, uh, I don't know, in Peru or Colombia. Yep. It's not as clear. I, I love Colombian Spanish. It feels oh like, gosh, oh, I so can understand sexy, all right? of it. Um, so what I wish if I could go back in time, what I would do is I would either consistently use a free application like Duolingo. Um, I've had great success with that and it gives, provides you with a nice basis, right? Um, but I would have hired a Spanish tutor immediately. Um, there are many Spanish tutors, tutors that provide classes for, I found between 10 to 15 mil per mm -hmm. hour. Mm -hmm. And they're available on Zoom, which is very, very convenient. Mm -hmm. And it has been, it has changed my life here right, in Chile. Yeah. I can understand more. I feel more confident. I feel more at home. Mm -hmm. um, I don't feel like I am reaching for that toothpaste. I'm finally tall enough. I can reach the sink. I love this metaphor. If I could go back, I would dedicate at least two hours a week to learning Spanish. Maybe, maybe up to four hours a week to right. start. I do think it's a pro not a problem, but I do think it's a misconception with a lot of gringos or people who live in the U.S. who have a little bit of knowledge of Spanish that they think they may know more Spanish than they actually do. I go, I mean, I've been trying to, I've been learning Chilean Spanish for seven years. I'm still learning. And I go home, I go to the, not home, I go to the United States and I talk to people that I've known my whole life who I know they probably don't even know what the word baño is, you know. And they're like, oh yeah, I speak a little Spanish. And I'm like, girl, you do not. But I think it's, it, I don't know if it's the gringos are just confident about everything or what, but... You know, when you're th when you're thrown into the Chilean jungle, as they say, you quickly learn that your Spanish is definitely more lack. At least that was my experience too. I, it was like, whoa, what? It was happening? a wake up call. Totally. I thought I was basically fluent. <laughs> I was like, I, I definitely knew I wasn't fluent. <laughs> but like, oh, you know, conversationally, and then yeah, yeah no, 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 nope. nope. I mean, I'm still learning. It's it's not easy here in in Chile. Next tip. I have food in my mouth, yeah, so listeners. <laughs> Next thing I'm going to talk about, balletas. I'm going to share all my mistakes. Okay, so when I came here, I didn't know what balletas were, why they were important, 
or anything. So when I first came here, I came here and um, of course I hadn't been through my entire visa process. It takes forever, but I was working slightly. Uh -huh. And so what you do when you work like at an institute or a job is they want you to do bullets for tax reasons. But as somebody who does not have a route, you cannot do bulletas. So someone has to do those bulletas for you, which um, you just get somebody who can do bulletas <laughs> and they do them for you. That's a tip. However, um, so what I did not know is when you get a visa sujeto contrato, which is a contract visa, you can still cannot do bulletas, which I didn't know because when I first came here, the contract visa was much faster, much easier to get than the than the temporary visa. And so I was thinking, okay, cool, get my contract visa, do my bolletas, no problem. Nope, got my contract visa. And the thing is, is the reason I did this is because my boss was like, yeah, contract visa, no problem. Problem, because they don't let you do bolletas on a contract visa. You have to be, uh, you have to have a temporary visa, which means you're an independent worker. So then that was a whole nother year of pain because I want, you know, I wanted to do translations that I couldn't do because like, you know, if it's a professional company, they have to do a bullet of so that they can do things and pay taxes and, and such. But I couldn't do it. I had to always ask somebody to do my bulletas for me, which um, I totally didn't do. But uh, so I wish I had known what this whole bulletta situation was. Maybe to just have a heads up of that, look, if you're going to be working in an institute, you're going to be working in any official capacity, you have to do this. And you have to have somebody, if you can't, you have to have somebody willing to do it for you, which is hard. Like what, like going up to a friend and being like, hey, I know um, that you do bolettas. Will you file my bolettas for me so I can get paid? Uh, I don't know. It's, it's weird. It's awkward. So always apply for a temporary visa first. Do your own research. Listen to me when I say don't get a contract visa if you can help it because you have, doing bulletas just makes your life a whole lot easier for so many reasons. Also, because of IFPA reasons, you can pay your IFPA and maybe take your 10% out as everybody's doing right now. Yeah, mine's a whole like 20 mil. Yeah, mine's probably like that too. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not like everybody's like, I'm going to take it out and buy a TV. I'm like, I'm going to take it out and buy a wally's burger or something some popcorn yeah so wally's is delicious look it up so that's mine bolettas um the next thing that i would like to talk about is expat fatigue or expat depression when i first arrived in chile i was so excited and it was everything that i had been dreaming about i was exploring and was filled with nothing but just sheer excitement like right. pure happiness and joy and then around, I think it was like month six, mm -hmm. it was a phenomenal crash. Yeah. I don't even know what to relate it to, but I did not realize that it was coming. And now that I've done some research, I'm like, oh, it's normal. Mm -hmm. But at the time I thought that I was failing. I thought that, mm -hmm. you know, I thought that I was just like not cut out for this expat life. I should have stayed in South Dakota, <laughs> like where I was born. Um that, you know, I had thoughts about going, moving back home to Colorado. I, I've never felt anything like that in my life. I could barely get out of bed. I was super sad. I wasn't quite sure what to do. And 
you know, now after reading about it, I know that this is something that just happens. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you experienced this Absolutely. at all. Absolutely. It's, I think it's very normal. I mean, I remember coming to Chile and like you said, first six months, it was just like parties and learning. Everything's beautiful and new and everything is, exp- it's, it's like you're coming down off a high, mm-hmm. like not that I've ever been high in my life, but it's like, <laughs> it's like you're coming down off of this high of everything is new and sp- every single thing you do is fine. Like, it doesn't matter if you're waiting in this really long bureaucratic process because it's fine. And then it all hits you. The inconveniences hit you. The, the Everything that used to be special is now not special anymore. And you start to miss those things you haven't had. Like and your I, friends. Like your, your, your friends, like your family, like your freaking ravioli. Like, Ranch dressing, Jesus. Yes. You know, all of those things, even the small things, you're just, and everything starts to just grate on you. And I remember when I first got here to Chile and I was in my like high, I had this, this guy I knew was like, oh, don't you worry. In about six months, it's going to hit you and you're really going to go, uh, you, you know, you're, it's going to hit you and it's going to be bad. But he said, wait it out because it's not permanent. You have to balance out. It, your life can't be all high and it can't be all low. It's just going to be life. And I'm really happy he said that because, you know, it would have been really easy for me to leave during that mm-hmm. that low period but i didn't and i'm really glad i stayed because chile really is my home right so yeah i feel the same way i feel really happy that i stayed and pushed through it and i think during that time just be careful when you interact with your friends and your family back home because they want you to come back they want you to come back mm-hmm. and they will tell you that that is the only option and i feel like if they were the folks that maybe haven't traveled much or the people that didn't haven't lived abroad they're number one going to think you're crazy anyway for moving and then they're going to be like, well, see, you know, like this is, this is what happens. Like you shouldn't have left or like, you just need to come home. Like I remember so many times just needing somebody to help me with, to help me where I was in that moment. And they actually blessed their hearts. I know they were trying to be helpful, but they made it, I most so much worse, so much more painful, so much harder because you have these people that you wanted to help support you in this new endeavor and they're telling you to come home and your heart and your your mind and your soul are telling you to go home because it's comfortable, right? Um, but you didn't move to another country to be comfortable. You moved to another country to grow and experience new things. And I just want to tell you from the bottom of my heart, like it gets better. And there are some things that you can do. Um, read and listen to podcasts. I found that adding in a certain element of education into my life really helped because it was something I had control over. Um, be gentle with yourself. You just moved to another country. If it's a foreign, if, if you moved from another country to Chile and you don't speak Spanish, give yourself time to learn. It's okay. You're learning. If you moved in as an adult, it's going to be difficult for you, uh, to kind of retrain your brain. If you feel like staying in bed, go for a walk, go down and do your laundry, go outside, get some fresh air, get, soak up some sunshine, zoom with your friends and family. But like I said, set up boundaries. You know, you got to tell them like I, how you, how they can help. They can help you by supporting you where you are, not by telling you to go home. Mm-hmm. Um, remember that it'll pass. Travel to a new city. I mean, obviously, right now it's a little difficult, but um, after the pandemic, just go to Valpo. Or if you're in Valpo, go to Santiago or go mm-hmm. south. Um, and then maybe volunteer because you don't necessarily have to transition to a new job, but volunteering can help you get around a new group of people. Yeah. But totally. just hang in there. And if you want to talk to Bethany, Bethany and I, if you're like down in the dumps or if you're still on that high and you're, you want someone to talk to about it, we'll help you. We'll talk yeah, to you. We want to hear about your like amazing, we're not trying to like scare you. No, if don't If you're be in your amazing high and life is the best thing it's ever been in Chile, 
Good. Tell us about it. I want to hear it. You know, yeah. I remember that time very fondly. Um, you know, another tip I would say that really helped me was I, you know, a lot of people say like avoid gringo communities because you need to integrate yourself in order to learn the language. It's just not sustainable in the long term to not have any gringo friends. If you're, you know, there's a huge, if you don't know, a huge community of English speakers in Santiago, especially. And they're in so nice. And they're so nice. They're so nice. I met Alicia. Yep. And they're... It's so nice to be able to just like go, you know, once a month, hang out with these people, you know, join. A, there's there's like English speaking knitting groups and there's English speaking book clubs and, you know, English stand up comedy. And right now it's super hard. We get it. Quarantine and everything. But once it's done, we're going to be telling you events that you can go to hang out with some people, get that taste of home. You know, things like that really do help. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for talking about the fatigue of being an immigrant because it's it's real it's real and don't be scared like bethany said because it gets so much better i feel great now i no, feel so yeah. adjusted and it just took some time that's it yeah i feel more less adjusted actually back in the u.s i mean like i'm gonna get excited because i'm gonna buy that thing that i want to miss but i don't like, need a bullet yeah <laughs> i'm so tired of the visa process i'm telling you and i mean seven years is a long time to be through a freaking visa process so um I mean, but after like two weeks in the U.S., I'm like ready to come home, you know? I'm ready to be back in Chile with all of the chaos. It's it's still my home here, you know? Yeah. yeah. I really like that. So I'm going to talk about something very controversial here. I'm going to talk about housing. And the reason why it's controversial is because housing for English speakers is often very diff a different reality for a lot of housing situations for Chileans. So I'm going to give us a little bit of a reality check um, here and some tips, some tips that'll help you not overpay for housing because look, those people are posting on those websites in English because they know that you're going to pay double, triple, quadruple for the same thing that you can get for a fourth of the price. So here, I'm going to give you some tips, and I'm going to give you some very low-risk tips. I'm not going to tell you to go out to the middle of nowhere to pay for somebody <laughs> with somebody that you've never met before. I'm just telling, I'm going to tell you some really safe tips that I've learned from talking to people and I've experienced myself. So the first thing is do not move into a room advertised in English on an English-speaking website because they're going to charge you triple, quadruple the price. I mean, if you see any bedroom advertised for over 180,000 pesos, it do I don't care where it is. I don't care if it's like in the Taj Mahal of Santiago. It's too much. You're going to be overpaying. You're not necessarily going to be in a safer place. You're not necessarily going to have a better experience. You're just overpaying. And like, look, if it's for your peace of mind, whatever, mental health, okay, I get it. But I'm just kept telling you, you are going to be overpaying. And I know this for a fact, I double-checked prices recently. I've lived in apartments, fully furnished studio apartments or fully furnished one-bedroom apartments for $200,000 a month in great, safe neighborhoods that I would live in again in a heartbeat. How do you find these? Super easy, and I'll tell you how. There is a place called Home Urbano that you can check out. Um, they do completely fully furnished apartments. Can you spell that? Home, like home, urban, oh. Great, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> and if you Google home or it'll come up. Home or <laughs> Chile, it'll pop up, so you're good. 
Um, I've used them. They're really good. And they cater to foreigners because sometimes that's super hard because they want your root. They want all that stuff. And you don't have that uh, thingy-mabobber that they want that shows your finances and your debt. You don't have that. But Home Urbano specifically works with foreigners. And they have really, really great prices. And... Um, I lived in a brand new, like no, never have been lived in studio apartment near near Metro Los Edues in a really pretty neighborhood, fully furnished for 200,000 pesos a month. I mean, you that's what you're going to be paying for a little, little bitty bedroom in Las Condes on, when you find it on one of those English speaking websites. Don't do it. It's not worth it. You're not going to be as happy. Another place um, that I like even more than Home Urbano is uh, Contact Chile. Contact Chile is owned by gringos, and uh, I know people who've met the owner. They, not only can they provide housing, but they also provide Spanish courses, and they can help you adjust to the city. Um, they give you all sorts of, like, integration classes, but the best thing I have found, and I have used them before, twice, is their housing options, which are all vetted. All of the housings are vetted. Um, all fully furnished you can pick the neighborhood that you want and they have extremely competitive prices you can find a fully furnished uh one bedroom apartment for 250,000 pesos in a really nice neighborhood i mean go you can pick the neighborhood go to go to contact chile you can pick the neighborhood that you want you can look at a map if you want to be close to your friends or close to a metro station you can do that you don't have to pay $250,000 to live with some strangers who are probably going to be up all the time partying because I mean, Chileans have a different lifestyle sometimes than us gringos, especially working Chileans, at least from my experience. You know, in the week, I want to sleep early so I can get up, and then I'll party on the weekends. You're not always going to get that with some of the shared housing, especially if it's shared student housing. So really, really, really be careful where you're getting the housing. I'm getting on my soapbox a little bit about it, but I just hate that everybody overpays, and I also think it's contributing to a housing crisis. Because look, if you're willing to pay 350,000 pesos for one bedroom in Las Condes, you're, you're, you're telling people that this is a fair price to charge. And it's not. It's not a fair price to charge for anyone. Gringos, you know, Chileans, it's not fair. And it's contributing to this housing crisis that's getting even worse during um, the quarantine and during COVID. So um, that's my soapbox about housing. Oh, I really appreciate that. Um that information is, it, it's so valuable because before I came to Chile, I joined a couple of English speaking Chile focused groups on Facebook and the information on there was a bit misleading, mm -hmm. um, especially because you feel like you can trust other expats and I'm not saying people do things maliciously, but um, those two sites that you mentioned are fantastic. I did the Airbnb route for a couple of months, and it was very, very, very pricey. Um, I just wish I would have that information, so yeah, thank you. Yeah, and you can do month-by-month -month rent with these guys. Amazing. Yeah, like, um, you can do short-term, you can do long-term. I had a friend who was going through a really bad situation. She needed to get out of her living situation immediately, like that day. She went to contact Chile, she signed a contract, she paid her thingy, and within two days she was in a fully furnished studio apartment, and she did three months rent, like three months contract, and I mean, and she had the time to look for something more permanent, which she did, I mean, really, I can, and another great thing about Contact Chile is they know you're a foreigner, but in the best way. They want to help you, they want to protect you. They're not going to be protecting their landlords. 
I had some problems with my landlord and I went to them and they were like, let us handle it. Let us talk to this person because you are our client, not this person. And if you're having a problem, we will help you. You, that is amazing. That's the kind of support you need as a foreigner in a country where you don't necessarily speak the language and you don't know how it works. You don't know your rights. Like, do they get to just kick me out? Like, because they don't like the fact that I do this thing. That you hide your money in the wall. <laughs> that I hide my money in the toilet. <laughs> they don't like it. They don't like that my money clogged the toilet, you know? So, so this is just, I, maybe we should just done a whole episode on housing, but, um, Big tip, wish I had known. I was really lucky to have gotten in these websites. Um, but I see, and like you said, Alicia, I don't think a lot of other foreigners mean to mislead them. I think they don't know. Like people tell them, I live in Lubarnachea, I can charge 400,000 pesos for a room because my house is really nice. No, look, that's not okay. <laughs> that's just not okay. So, you know, protect yourself. You know, and, and just be informed, you know, Google contact Chile. Maybe it's not your thing. Maybe you want to pay 400000 for a place in Puerto because you got that money. Cool. Make it rain. I don't care. I'm just saying, you know, if that's not your thing, don't do it. When, <laughs> I, when I first visited Chile, I would be around. I didn't really pay attention to what was available, what wasn't available. So when I moved here, I grabbed like one of each thing, you know, like Noah in the ark. Two mm -hmm. of each animal. I grab one of each animal. Doesn't work. When you moved here? Yeah, when I moved here. Okay. I, okay, so I have um Your metaphors today on point. Really bad kind of, actually. <laughs> I love them. <laughs> you know, like Noah. Um anyway, there are gonna be things that you can't find in Chile, and God bless whoever started Kiosk Club. Again, we're just gonna mention them every episode, I think. They do not sponsor us. We I, just I'm pretty sure Pinguino has cut out our our, oh, has like, <laughs> our Kiosk Club plugs <laughs> a couple of times. Uh, we're obsessed. Anyway. But because they exist, I'm able to find fun things like A.W. Root Beer and a lot of my favorite gringo snacks. But I still cannot find many of my cosmetics, uh, vitamins. Um, face wash. Oh, face wash is a really, really good one. Benzyl peroxide face wash. Um, I get you. Favorite hot sauces. Uh, Schlotzky's. <laughs> but anyway. Um, so I just wanted a quick heads up that when... Try to bring as much as you can of your favorite brands because you might not be able to find them out here. Like Crest White Strips is the thing I can't find. Um... My favorite deodorant. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, wish somebody had warned me that they only use roll-on deodorant here, which they're getting better. But when I first moved here, they only had roll-on deodorant. And it smells so bad. It, it's just they're, they're really strong. Not you. You don't smell bad. I can't smell you. <laughs> but in like Bethany, you smell so bad. <laughs> no, but I mean, it's it, you can't find really the natural deodorant. I haven't been able to find it. And if you do find natural cosmetics or like... Um, or brands from back home, like the Better Than Sex Mascara or, I don't know, so like, Waleda. Oh, God, it's like three times the price. Uh-huh. Do yourself a favor. Just bring as much as you can. Yeah, and I mean, look, when I go to the U.S., I, like, because U.S. to Chile flights back and forth, unless you're taking a lot of domestic flights in the U.S., you can have two suitcases. Bring an empty suitcase with you. and or just two. Yeah. There's also... Pro tip, there's also programs in Chile that coordinate where people will pay you. And they're, it's not just be like a random person on the, on Facebook. Do you need anything? Please pay me. There is like a company, and I wish I had the name of it, but I don't have the name right now. If you know the name, please comment. That you go through them and they coordinate like, okay, 
you bring this mascara, this mascara, and this mascara, we're gonna coordinate the payment to you and the drop off of the product to another person. Like there's a middleman that makes sure you're not getting taken advantage of. And that's cool and you can do that. Like bring a whole suitcase of stuff because it's worth it, I want my face washed. Last time I used most of my space to bring back books, but you told me that there is a program called Book Depository. Okay, so it's a website and it's called Book Depository. Um, besides the fact that it's not Amazon, they do not charge taxes because Chilean taxes on books are insane. Uh. Insane. So they do not charge, I mean, they charge a tax on the book, but it's a normal, like normal tax you're going to have on any product. And then the shipping is not also not insane. Very reasonable prices for books. They, uh, specialize in books for, for international people to have access to books. Okay, so, but when you order from Book Depository, make sure you don't order more than one or two books from there because the Chilean government does get a little angry because books are taxed so high. They will hold, if you order like five books from them at once, they will hold your books um, and not let you have them until you pay a big tax. So um, they won't do that if you order one and maybe two books. So I usually order a book, wait till it gets here, order another book, but... It's, it's amazing. It's an amazing website. Book Depository. Once again, uh, Google it. I always remember it because I one time said by accident, Book Suppository. That's how I remember <laughs> it. Um, <laughs> great pro tip for getting books in English in Chile. Also, share books with your friends. It's like the Scholastic Book Fair for adults. Yeah, for adults living in a foreign country where they have really high taxes on books and not books in English. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, so my next tip is uh, related to housing. Don't be scared of the center of the city. It's one of the best places in Chile. It has some of the best nightlife, the best restaurants, the best people. I think sometimes in our gringo communities, if you were too inundated, we get really comfortable and we get a little scared, especially when we see the news of, of things happening in the center. Look, you can find safe fun, amazing places in the center of the city to live and to like hang out. Like obviously we're going through a moment that's a little bit testy with maybe the center, but the center is not a bad place. It's not your enemy. Nobody's going to attack you for being a foreigner. I lived in the center for four years. You know, obviously be careful, be alert, but that's any metropolitan city in right. the world. Like it's not you know, it's not, it's not, exclusive, it's to not Chile. exclusive to Chile. It's not exclusive to Santiago, you know, and, and really sometimes the place with more foreigners are the safest, safest places. So don't be scared of it. There are so many great places to go in the center and to hang out. So, so many do you, you know, if you're visiting here, if you're an exchange student, you're selling your experience of Chile so short, if you don't go to the center of the city and see what the center has to offer, you know, mm -hmm. the museums, oh my gosh, the museums, Pionono, like La Staria, like Barrio Brasil, Barrio Italia, like all of these places that you can go to, 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 to get these amazing experiences. So don't be scared of the center. It's a great place to go. If you're shy of the center, if you don't know, if you don't have any friends that support you about going, there are tours for English speakers that you can go on. Hey, ask us. We'll tell you some really cool places. Yeah. Um, yeah. So don't be scared of the center. I, I felt really safe. I've always felt safe in Centro. Um, yeah. I mean, maybe you don't go walk around by yourself at night. But... No, but you wouldn't do that anywhere. I yeah. mean, most places you wouldn't. I mean, if you're from Arkansas, you don't know. So maybe. But 
other Arkansans out there, just don't go walk around a city at night by yourself. There's so many beautiful things to see. Um, yeah, highly recommend it. Yeah, totally, totally. Okay, just a little snippet about shipping. Um, good luck. <laughs> Best of luck to you getting anything shipped here. Um, I've had a couple of services. It's like Moo.com and I think Sticker Mule that I've shipped from for business purposes. And that went exceptionally well, but that's like, good two out of 20 times that I, and I've had packages not show up. I've had packages get returned, packages get lost. So um, before ordering, like say you want some clothes mm -hmm. and you have your favorite clothing store in the US and you are like, hey, can you ship here? And they say, yes. Make sure that you message them and say, what is your procedure? Do you understand like how I, how can I best get this into Chile? So you're gonna, I would recommend having an additional conversation with them rather than just like ticking the box and typing in your address. Also, be aware that there's a 19% tax. Um, if your package gets randomly selected for the prize oh of 20%, you will pay, yeah, 19, 20% mm -hmm. um, on top of what your package or what your goods cost. And if you try to trick them and have people take things out of the bag, I've had them just estimate yeah how much the i had clothes shipped here one time and they were shipped out of the bag and the company even put that it was worth 10 bucks and i still got charged a ridiculous amount yeah um and don't ship vitamins because there's a oh. really good chance they won't make it yeah i did that one time actually i didn't ship vitamins i had to have a medication chip shipped to me shipped to me because i wasn't on insurance yet which is another you know thing about being uh, in chile is sometimes they it's hard to get the medicine you need without a prescription and so I had like a hundred pills, you know, in the U.S. still. And so I had my mom ship them to me and it was nerve wracking. I was like watching my pills slowly disappear and needing those pills. And then they did eventually get to me. It was like nerve wracking, like every day. It took like three months for them to get here. Yeah. Sometimes you'll forget that you have something coming. And then a few months later, whoop, yep. there it is. Beep Christmas. Off. Yeah. So speaking of face wash, I just... I, once again, benzoyl peroxide face wash is the only thing that works for my, like, 12-year-old skin, which is actually 30-year-old skin and a 12-year-old skin. Okay, and um, I always bring benzoyl peroxide from the face wash from the U.S. because they do not have it here. They do not. I've looked on my card. I've looked, like, I've tried to, like, go to the Neutrogena website. Nothing. Nothing. So I had to order some on Amazon recently, which I hate. Um, book depository, great tip. Another, oh, I had another tip, but I just lost it. Sorry. Oh, you have another tip. I bet you do. I believe in you. Um, Can you get it out? I don't, what is I don't it? know. I don't know if it's Watermelon. Mm-mm, not that. That works for hiccups? No, yep, that only works for hiccups. <laughs> I didn't know that works for hiccups, but apparently. Try it next time. Uh, okay. So, uh, anyway, I'll just move on to my next tip. If I remember it, I'll scream it. Um... So this is a fun tip that I learned, that uh, lunch in Chile is not noon, nor is it sometimes one. It can be like 3 p.m. here, which is cray for me because when I first moved here, I'm a gringa, I want to eat my lunch at noon. Uh, you will sometimes get yelled at if you try to enter a restaurant at noon. They'll, they'll even say open, like the thing will be open and they're like, why are you here? And I'm like, because it says open and it's lunchtime. They're my like, it's still breakfast time. Yeah. Yeah. Like my, my boyfriend literally sometimes is like, why are you eating? It's still breakfast time. And I'm like, it's noon, bro. I ate at 6am my breakfast, like a normal human gringa. 
and I'm ready for my lunch now. But the restaurants are like, don't. I mean, you'll notice on your wrappy or whatever that nothing's open mm-hmm. until like 1.30 or 3. Like, <laughs> and so that was a tip. Like, you know, I, I tried to fight it for a long time, just keep eating at noon, but just get yourself a snack bar and realize that your Chilean friends are not going to be eating at noon. They're going to be eating at 1.30. On the bright side, it's perfectly acceptable to eat cake any time of the day, like 1.30. Or drink or wine. Or drink wine, yeah. Just drink wine for breakfast. Dude, we've talked about that they, like, had, you know, arrodiente on breaks and they had breakfast beer. It's fine. It's okay. Yeah. So it's a trade-off. Yep. <laughs> um, speaking of time, we're just gonna... This is this is completely friendly, and I say it in a more respectful way, but there is such a thing as Chilean time. Mm-hmm. And I've noticed that in the States, like, I grew up with parents that were like, you know, if you're not five minutes early, you're late. Yeah. If you're and, not early, you're late. Yeah. So when I came here, I would get so offended because it was very normal for, I mean, I had business appointments and people would yep. show up 45 minutes late and not apologize. Nope. They were just like, uh, and I've had people be like, I'm on my way. And then three hours later, they're just not here yeah and it i mean it's a joke it's a meme like on the internet that's like when a chilean says like i'm on my way that means they're getting in the shower and it's like ha ha, ha it's so funny i'm like that's i get i get it like i respect chilians and their culture or whatever but my time is important like my life is, i'm slowly dying as a human being <laughs> and you are ma- <laughs> you're making me waste my time by like waiting here for you and you know, I, it, it, it still bothers me. I refuse to give in. I'm fighting it. Like, I'm still going to, like, if you say this, I'm going to still be there and I'm going to annoy you because I showed up at the party at nine and you're still in your pajamas and that ain't my fault. Okay? <laughs> yeah, and I think it's okay to gently remind people that being 45 minutes late isn't that acceptable. I It, it was hard to deal with. Um, I don't really have any tips besides... That's a thing that can happen, and yeah. try to practice patience, I guess, and yeah. continue to be on time, because I think that, that that says something. When you show up, I've had people be like, wow, that's so refreshing that you showed up on time, and yeah. if you're in like the business sector or anything, I think it's important. I do think bosses appreciate it. I don't yeah. think they expect that of you, but they appreciate it when it happens, and it does put you above a lot of other people. Like They don't expect you to be on time, and you're on time. Well, that's kind of nice. With your friends, just add an hour. If they say nine, it starts at 10. And also, there's no start time to parties. Like, you just show up whenever you show up. You show up at 2 a.m. If nobody's there, you just leave. It's not a big deal. Like, that's how parties are here. Um, but definitely, I think that, for at least my experience, you ask your friends, are we talking Chilean time or gringo time? Like, and I ask them, and they're like, Chilean time. So you, you can sort of establish, <laughs> you know, like, or like if, if it's one of, if I have a meeting, I say, and I mean gringo time, like, like really tell them like I when I say this time that's what I mean like at gringo time and most of the time your Chilean friends will try to accommodate uh your friends will especially if they know like oh Bethany's a gringa I'm like okay if you're gonna make fun of me and call me a gringa you're gonna be on time that's the (laughs) trade-off that's the trade-off okay thank you so much yeah those were great I I really hope that. that you all enjoyed our tips that you learned something. If you do not agree with us, hey, tell us. We are open. If you're like Bethany, hey, no, I, I never liked being on time, or I don't know. If you do disagree with us, if you want more comments, or you want an extended uh, talk about something, email us. Talk to us. Chili Today Podcast at gmail.com. At Chili Today Podcast Instagram. 
Yeah. Yeah. I'm Bethany and she's Alicia. Thank you so much for listening. Absolutely. Stay safe and don't contribute to housing crises. Yeah, don't do that. Don't do that. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.